sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome to hour number two, the morning after live right here on this Tuesday on Sports Grid and Sirius XM, channel 159. It's the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the Sports Grid Network, I am Ben Stevens. Tons to get to here in hour number two. An update from Dallas on Dak Prescott and the outlook the rest of the way now for the Dallas Cowboys. Is the boys' season already done in 2022? following just one week we'll talk a ton of major league baseball and then a look at the early lines as we get you ready for week number two of this nfl campaign all right let's start in major league baseball looking back on some of the action from a short slate on a monday night the atlanta braves were gift wrapped an opportunity to make up some ground in the national league east standings and on that odds board because the mets as a greater than three dollar favorite at home against the Chicago Cubs, lost a baseball game. So that meant Atlanta, if they go on the road with Spencer Strider, probably the National League Rookie of the Year, against the Giants and they get a win, Atlanta could make up some ground. Except they didn't get that win. The Giants prevail against the Braves 3-2. to two. The Giants scored two runs in the bottom of the second, add another in the third. That's all they needed. Atlanta scored two in the uh, top half of the eighth inning to make it a ball game. But San Francisco holds on for the victory. Spencer Strider, as we mentioned, getting the start yesterday for the Braves. Five innings of work, two earned runs allowed on nine hits. Did have nine strikeouts over his strikeout prop that FanDuel's Tom Vecchio let you know about yesterday. But it was his first loss for Strider in over a month since the early portion of August. So the Mets lose as a greater than $3 favorite against the Cubs at home but they still hold on to that one and a half game lead now in the national league east and they are still booked as the favorites at minus 270 atlanta the second best price at plus 200 now you might be thinking to yourself why are the mets a minus 270 favorite if they can lose to the cubs as they did yesterday and only hold a one and a half game advantage well it's because they played teams like the cubs a bunch here down the stretch in this final month of the regular season and the pirates a bunch of times as well the mets have the easiest schedule remaining in the national league that is a true benefit for the amazons right now and it's jacob de day at city field against the cubbies at last check the mets were a four dollar favorite on that money line against chicago so that's how things lay out in the national league east and that divisional race we go from the nl east to the AL East, a divisional matchup between the Toronto Blue Jays and the Tampa Bay Rays. It does not really impact the Yankees' lead. More than five and a half games now for that top spot in the AL East, but two teams that will certainly be in the postseason field. The Blue Jays beat the Rays yesterday, 3-2 to two up in Toronto. Bo Bichette, a two-run blast in the home half of the eighth that ended up being the game winner for Toronto. Bo Bichette, by the way, in 11 games so far in the month of September, 21 RBIs in total. The Blue Jays and the Rays will play a doubleheader in Toronto today. The Blue Jays and the Mariners right now tied for that top spot 
in the American League wild card race, but the Rays only sit a half game back for the third and final American League wild card spot. And there's now a substantial gap between those three teams in the AL wild card positions versus the Baltimore Orioles, who are on the outside looking in, but back by five and a half games. A welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here. The second hour of the morning after, live on this Tuesday, all across Sports Grid, Sirius XM Channel 159, and all of our terrestrial radio affiliates now in the mix as well. I am Ben Stevens. So the American League wildcard race is pretty much solidified here at this moment in the final month or so of this Major League Baseball regular season. The Blue Jays and the Rays now tied for that top spot, but the Rays, excuse me, the Blue Jays and the Mariners tied for the top spot. The Rays only a half game behind. The Blue Jays have the best odds out of these three teams in the American League wildcard race at plus 650 to win the American League pennant. The Seattle Mariners, the fourth best price at eight to one, and the Rays, the fifth best number, but in quadruple digits at plus 1,100, 11 to one. But there's a very clear distinction, as there has been pretty much all year long in the American League, between even those contenders, the teams that will be in the playoffs in those wildcard spots, from the teams at the top of the American League pennant board. And there's a new market available in terms of reaching the American League Championship Series. All year long, we have forecasted what that CS would look like in the American League. It was going to be the Astros and the Yankees. Well, the odds back us up now on the FanDuel Sportsbook because to reach the American League Championship Series right now in 2022, the Astros have the best price at minus 175. The Yankees also heavily favored to get to the ALCS at minus 160. It's a far drop-off even in this comparison to reach the championship series in the AL to where the Blue Jays are at plus 280. The Cleveland Guardians, by the way, have a three-game lead in the American League Central. They're plus 470 to reach the ALCS. They are 14 to 1 currently to win the American League. The sixth best price out of the six playoff teams if the season were to end today. And the race, again, for the postseason in the American League looks a little bit more crystallized at the moment. But only one team in all of MLB has clinched a playoff berth. That happened yesterday in Arizona. The Dodgers, the first team to get into the postseason. We focus on the Dallas Cowboys. Up next with Brady Tink, live right here on The Morning Edge. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back right here on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. Thank you for joining us on this Tuesday, live right here on the morning after. Week number one of the National Football League regular season has now officially come to a close. What can we take away from the first week of this NFL campaign that now sets the stage for the rest of the NFL season? If you're the Dallas Cowboys, it was not a great week number one so joining us right now live back here on the morning after it is brady tinker to break down what is happening with dallas and mainly the focus brady as you well know on the quarterback dak prescott brady thank you for joining us once again here live on tma on this tuesday 
Good morning, Ben. Good to see you, buddy. Good to see you as well. It's been too long. Happy to be talking some Dallas Cowboys and NFL football with you. So yesterday, we got the update. Dak Prescott undergoing surgery on that right thumb. It's the same timetable we expected that we got on Sunday night. Six to eight weeks until he returns. So Brady, I think the question is, what does Dallas do from here? In your mind, how has this changed the season outlook for the Cowboys in 2022? Well, the season is pretty much over. Um, and, and to be honest with you, I wasn't sure that I loved it prior to him getting hurt. There was something wrong with his ankle or his calf, something that may go all the way back to last year. We were told it was a shoe issue, but he didn't look right to me. And I don't think he looked right to anybody else prior to getting hurt. He looked um, nervous. He looked like he was unsure physically about his body. And we have seen this from him before. And, you know, this team two days before the game, didn't have a quarterback on the active roster other than Dak Prescott. So they'll go with a couple of backups that, that they've had forever and Cooper Rush and now Will Greer is here. I, I probably would have called Cam. I probably would have checked on that. I probably would have made that call right away and thought, you know what, maybe we can muck this up because it's a pretty good defense. We can probably afford a loss to Cincinnati, but we get ourselves together in week three and four against two division teams and see if we can slog through this at somewhere around 500 until Dak gets back. But, you know, six weeks seems awful mm, doubtful on a guy who's having surgery on his throwing hand. That doesn't make any sense to me, and I'm not sure that I believe it. He probably needed the six weeks for the rest of his body as well. The offseason doomed this team, to be honest with you, Ben. I, I You can't tell me why L. Collins is not here and Randy Gregory is not here. If Gregory was here, this might be a top three defense in the NFL, and you might be able to fight through this. Uh, If L. Collins was here, he would be playing left tackle, and you wouldn't have a rookie from Tulsa who's probably overmatched most weeks throughout this season at left tackle. So it was a terrible offseason that set this team up, even though it had a really good schedule. If everybody was healthy, the schedule Yeah. Yeah, absolutely so. And it's not just Dak Prescott in that fractured right thumb now. Left guard Connor McGovern also hurt in the season opener against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Of course, they started the year without Tyron Smith. They're all pro left tackle as well. So, Brady, as you evaluate Dallas right now and you talk about the stretch upcoming for the Cowboys, do they have enough enough depth across this roster to stay competitive at least to keep their head above water? On the defensive side, they do, and and I will tell you, the defense will hold this team together for a while. Dan Quinn is planning on being a head coach somewhere else next year, and the job he did with this defense last year, putting them in the top 10 to 12 and, and creating so many turnovers really put him on a list, and he is planning. He has almost all of those guys back. Now, they lose J. Ron Curse, who's a really important guy to them, but they kept 12 or 13 secondary members on this active roster. So this is a team that can take cornerbacks and safeties and move them around a linebacker, et cetera, et cetera, and they change the looks up and they make things tough on each other. I, I thought they were just okay last week. Again, if Randy Gregory had been on the other side of Tank Lawrence, this might be a really dynamic defense, but as it is, it's a pretty good defense. I think they try and get things right and get Cooper Rush's feet underneath him this week, and then hopefully they can play two good division games after that. But if they don't, it's going to be a really long season. And and they did this to themselves. They really did. Ask me and tell me why, Ben. They are $17 million on the salary cap as we sit here. I do not have an answer for you for that one. Their neither. win total dropping from 10.5 in the preseason all the way down to 6.5 live right now as we are about to enter 
week number two of the NFL campaign. The Cowboys were heavily favored to make the postseason, now plus 250 to make the playoffs. Brady, you shared your thoughts as you came on for this segment. It feels like even after just one week, this season is now doom and gloom for the Cowboys. How would you say the rest of fans around Dallas are feeling right now in terms of maybe that pessimistic outlook? I think it's 50-50. You know, everybody loves Dak, so they believe he'll come back. Everybody loves Zeke, and he looked good at 5.2 yards per carry, even though the offensive line is a bit mishmash. So people want to believe. But the truth is, this this fan base even has been a little bit angry at what happened in the offseason and what didn't happen in the offseason. You let two really good players who were dogs on this team go, and then you went out in round one and two and tried to replace them. Yet, that's not how this league works. Uh, Tyler Smith doesn't come in from the University of Tulsa. He didn't play in the SEC. He played at Tulsa, and he was a penalty machine. He doesn't come in here and immediately plug in at left tackle. And you knew, we all knew, Tyron Smith was going to get hurt. So I think the fan base is is angry and disappointed and a little bit surprised. Jerry's not getting any younger. Every one of these seasons is supposed to be a Super Bowl season. And now it's Cooper Rush filling in for Dak Prescott because of the lack of quarterback depth or the lack of inquiry into another quarterback at this moment. So, Brady, how do you evaluate Cooper Rush from what you have seen out of him in a Dallas Cowboys uniform? He's not terrible. I mean, you know, if you said he has to play a game or two, which is the decision they made in, in keeping him in that position, you'd say, okay, he's been on this team almost five years. He's been with Kellen Moore that entire time, and they understand each other and, and each other's strengths and weaknesses and sort of how this offense works. The problem is the guy that's under the gun here isn't Mike McCarthy. It is Kellen Moore. The offense wasn't very good in the second half of last season when the running game slowed down. He didn't have any answers. He didn't do very well. Nobody thought in the San Francisco game in the playoff loss, there wasn't much creativity. There wasn't much that set San Francisco back in that game. So he's under the gun. And Mike McCarthy certainly will have no problem firing Kellen Moore and calling plays if he's trying to save his own job. And we saw at least a little bit of that on Sunday night, a very conservative offensive system, even with a healthy Dak Prescott in there. So, Brady, you mentioned the line against the Cincinnati Bengals for this upcoming Sunday. It's the second straight game for Dallas at home in the star. They're a seven-and-a-half-point underdog as Cooper Rush gets the start against Cincinnati. Can they compete? Can they keep this game within margin against the Bengals? I'd like a few I'd like a few more points personally so I sort of see this game as a possible teaser give me six more points and maybe add an under to at New England and Pittsburgh or Tampa at New Orleans and and play it that way uh, or you just bet the money line and take the Bengals the Bengals were terrible in terms of turning the ball over last week I expect them to be better and I just don't really know how the Cowboys score any points because one thing this team doesn't seem to watch the game that's on the field. I thought Zeke ran the ball very well. This new zone blocking scheme seemed to work last week. They ran the ball at a almost six yards per carry clip, yet you know what they didn't do? They didn't run the ball. So I, I don't quite get what they're doing, and now they bring in a backup quarterback who knows the plays uh, and who is somewhat capable of managing a team. But this isn't a managed game. This team's probably going to need to score 24 to 28 to win, and I don't know how they're going to do that. Yeah, it's tough to think what that line would have been. Dallas only a two-and-a-half-point home underdog for the season opener against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers with a healthy Dak Prescott. 
This line a lot closer to pick than at seven and a half right now. At least one encouraging thing for Cowboys fans. Cooper Rush made one start last year, the end of October against the Vikings. They were a big underdog and they beat the Vikings outright 20 to 16. Brady Tinker, thank you for your insight as always in your breakdown of the Dallas Cowboys with a very tumultuous start to this season here in the NFL's campaign of 2022. Okay, Ben, I hope somehow it gets better. Talk to you soon. We'll see if it does here over this stretch. Dak Prescott uh, reportedly supposed to be sidelined for six to eight weeks. We'll keep an eye on that timetable as well. The start of the NFL season, the ending in the home stretch of the Major League Baseball regular season. We break down the MLB up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We are getting down to the nitty-gritty the Major League Baseball regular season. Just over 20 games left for most teams around the bigs. This is the true home stretch, as we have said for many times here, on the morning after, live on SportsGrid. I am Ben Stevens, very pleased to welcome on our Major League Baseball insider, the host of Fantasy Sports Today, coming up at 11 a.m. Eastern time, alongside Davis Maddock, and the host of Newswire each and every weekday at 2 p.m. Eastern time. Craig Miss joins us here now on the morning after. Craig, thank you so much for taking the time to break down a little Major League Baseball with us. Good to be back with you, Ben. Of course, uh, fun football weekend, dogs barking all over the place. I know that's what we love to see, including last night. So uh, happy to dive into some baseball. A few weeks from now, we'll be doing the postseason. Can't wait for that. Absolutely so. The hunt for October is on. Some underdogs across the league yesterday winning out, right? Like the Chicago Cubs. We'll get to the National League East race in just a little bit. But one underdog that did not win outright yesterday because they're playing the best team in the bigs, that would be the Arizona Diamondbacks against the LA Dodgers. And Craig, with just over 20 games left of this MLB season, only one team across the majors has booked a playoff berth. That was last night. And that was the Dodgers winning 6-0 over the D-backs, the first team again to clinch a postseason berth in Major League Baseball. Craig, it should come as no surprise. The Dodgers were the first team to do it. Were you surprised it took them this long, however? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess when you think about it, it's it sort of did maybe by like a week or two. But I think that just sort of speaks to the way that that division has played Arizona has exceeded expectations. The Padres are pretty much meeting expectations. The Dodgers have fallen below. I think Colorado's probably right where they were. I think they have a chance to hit their season win total. I think it was 70 or around that. So they have a shot down the stretch to hit it. Uh, but look, the Dodgers are still the best team that I have seen play this season. And I've been in person probably to about 40 games this year, including going to LA for the All-Star game as well. Uh, they, they, to me, are still the team to beat. They don't have some of the sexiest names, Ben, coming out of the bullpen. And clearly the back of the rotation has been a little different this year with Tyler Anderson. Uh, but again, L.A. still, to me, is going to go very deep, I think, into the postseason. And again, the team that has the best record overall almost never wins the World Series. We'll see if they can buck that trend this year. 
because the Dodgers right now do have that best record in the big 97 and 43, six and a half games up of even where the Houston Astros are for that second best record in the big. So, Craig, there's a new market that's been made available on the FanDuel Sportsbook within the last couple of days, not to win the National League pennant, but to reach the NLCS. And the Dodgers are heavily favored to get to that point of October baseball, minus 210 to reach the National League Championship Series, but the Mets are also in minus money. Craig, I found that interesting because I think you could then make an argument for other teams around the National League. Do you believe there's value in this market? I mean, maybe a little bit with Atlanta. I, I think that there's a possibility there. You know, they got to get the ninth inning cleaned up, but beyond that, I think they're formidable. You know, the, the thing with Atlanta is, is to me, they're on this epic streak, Ben, and you want to be hot right now going into the postseason. And really two players for them this year that you would have pretty much banked on just doing off their career staff would have been Kenley Jansen and Ronald Acuna Jr. If those guys get right, I mean, they could easily uh, fight the Dodgers all the way to the end and maybe even win the World Series. But it's going to take all hands on deck, I think, to beat L.A. And so Atlanta would be that one possibility to me. Uh, you know, the Mets, you know, I just saw them this weekend again in person, extremely formidable, got to have a healthy Scherzer, got to have a healthy DeGrom, and by the way, Ben, got to have a healthy Starling Marte. I, I don't think that the Mets yeah. win anything without Marte. He's, he's, he's as advertised with them this year. Craig, is there any hope for the Redbirds, for the Cardinals, plus 270, the fourth best price to make the National League Championship Series? Of course, we're going to follow Albert and St. Louis down this stretch. 697 career home runs, just three away from the big number of 700. There's all of that that will play out throughout the end of this regular season. But what about when the playoffs come for St. Louis? The Cardinals are a really good make the postseason team and win the first round postseason team, especially as an underdog. They always seem to win that first round. But Ben, no, I, I don't see them going past that. I don't see them winning the NLCS. I don't see them winning uh, the World Series. You know, the, the other thing, too, with St. Louis, and again, no disrespect to them. I'm a big fan of that franchise. And really think about it, being a fan of that team, no matter what you do going into the season, you're expected to win and you do. I mean, how many teams yeah. can say that in Major League Baseball? It's really incredible. Uh, they got the Reds a lot. They got the Pirates a lot. They got the Cubs a lot. That's kind of the reason why the record is what it is this season. You can't choose uh, who you play, but Milwaukee did not take advantage of their situation, and St. Louis did. And so uh, I, I don't see them as a deep postseason team, but they probably will make it and probably win their first round. They usually do. The Cardinals an eight-game lead now for the National League Central. So good, those odds are off the FanDuel Sportsbook. Odds that are not off the FanDuel Sportsbook, the National League East, and odds that might want to be taken off the FanDuel Sportsbook because they are so strong in favor of New York today, Craig. The Mets in the Cubbies. It's Jacob deGrom Day up in Queens at City Field. A minus 450 favorite is what the Mets are today, Craig, against the Cubs. Is that the largest price you have seen on a money line this season? It's the largest price I've ever seen in Major League Baseball today at minus 450. Now, naturally, by the time they throw this first pitch at, it's going to come back a little bit to 420 or 430. It's just, I mean, it's two, It's one game in Major League Baseball, man. Anything can happen. It's really uh, astounding. I Look, I, I've seen, uh, you know, the Astros when they were winning all those games at higher prices or close to prices, excuse me, but I've never seen a four and a half to one. So, yeah, this would be the biggest that I've seen today. And, and naturally, they probably should be the Cubs. Just playing out the string, Mets playing for the postseason. Makes some sense. 
Yeah, and you have Jacob DeGrom. So, Craig, it's a question then about how they take advantage of these games because the Mets have the easiest schedule remaining in the National League. It's part of the reason that despite just a one-and-a-half game lead in the National League East, the Mets are minus 270 to win that division. So how important are games like today for New York? You might look across the other side and see the Cubs and think, all right, it's not going to be all that competitive, but how important is it for the Mets to take advantage if they want to hold on to that divisional title in the National League East? Yeah, I mean, it's important, but their schedule is really easy down the stretch. So whether, look, I... I today but even if they didn't and the Cubs pull off the biggest upset in, in single game baseball history I guess you could call it that uh, you know they, they still have uh, the Marlins again and they still I believe have the Pirates again they have a pretty soft schedule here down the stretch so uh, look uh, the Braves did everything possible to catch them but the Mets uh, just have a really favorable finish here coming and so uh, you know all along I, I've been kind of flip-flopping back and forth thinking there was a chance the Braves have one more series against them they probably got a sweep in order to win it Ben. yeah and that will be the interesting thing what will that lead look like for new york by the time they get to that second to last series of the season in atlanta between the braves and the mets the cubbies did win yesterday and with chris bassett on the mound the mets were booked as a near three dollar favorite just mm -hmm. something to keep in mind with how random baseball can be let's flip it over to the american league craig the Chicago White Sox. It's the same conversation we've had with Chicago all year long. The White Sox, though, have won nine of their last 12 games, Craig, and they host the Colorado Rockies today. The White Sox are three games out, trailing the Cleveland Guardians for that top spot in the American League Central. Craig, can the White Sox do anything here down the home stretch to actually make that push for a divisional title? I'll tell you what's really helped the White Sox the last few days, and it's not something that people talk about enough, but it's the Twins falling back and the possibility of mm -hmm. them being out of it when they play. So that potentially could help the White Sox down the stretch. I think the Twins, Ben, have lost three games in a row and, and five games back with 20 to go. That, that just seems like a lot for me to be able to catch uh, Cleveland. So, yeah, I mean, I suppose they can still be in it. Uh, you know, it's the, the White Sox are just one of those teams, Ben, that's going to go down as a disappointment if they don't at the end of the season. And Cleveland adversely uh, goes down as, as basically the biggest surprise of the baseball season, really, when you think about it. Lowest payroll, I think, or close to it in Major League Baseball to still make it. So, yeah, they can do it. Uh, it would help Chicago a little bit if the Twins just sort of fell out of it and started playing backups. I don't know that that will happen, but we'll have to see over the next two weeks. Cleveland, a three-game advantage, minus 370 to win the American League Central. Of course, the White Sox had the best odds of any team in the American League to win this division before the year got underway at minus 210, but the White Sox now plus 400 with the second best price. So, Craig, all year long in the American League, the conversation has really been about the distinction between the top two teams and the Yankees and the Astros versus the rest of the field. And we see that in the new market to make the ALCS. The Astros are minus 175. The Yankees are minus 160. Then a drop-off to where the Toronto Blue Jays are. Do you agree with that pricing to have the Astros and the Yankees still have that distinction to make the American League Championship Series? Yeah, I I'll say this. I, I said it last week, and, and I'll say it again. I, I think Seattle at plus 360 is a really hmm. good dart throw here. I really think this. They're, they're heading to the postseason hot, Ben. They seem hungry. They have the pitching. They've been as good as any team in the American League in the last couple of months. I think that is a phenomenal price to take a shot on a team 
that we've seen it before, that Cinderella team, team of destiny. I think Seattle that team this year. Uh, I, ben, I, I think Seattle's got a chance to go to the American League Championship. I don't think that they're going to win the World Series or anything like that. But, I mean, how many teams are really that much better than them right now at the moment? And certainly not the Yankees, that's for sure. So, to me, uh, Houston-Seattle, you know, definitely portends to a good matchup. I think Seattle, though, Ben, has to go to Tampa Bay. And that's not a great matchup in the first round if, they, if that has to happen in the postseason. They get through that, all systems go. Yeah, the American League wild card right now, pretty solidified with the Mariners, the Blue Jays, and the Rays. And if you like the plus 360 price to make the ALCS, grab the 8-1 to one number to win the American League pennant for some value as well. Craig, thank you very much, as always, for your time. Fantasy Sports Today starts at 11 a.m. Eastern time. More of the morning after. Up next, live right here on Sports. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Week number one of the National Football League regular season is now in the books. Week number two is on the horizon. And it's never too early to take a look at the lines that we have for the games and the matchups for week number two. And I truly mean never too early because it starts on Thursday night with an AFC West showdown in Kansas City between the Chiefs and the Chargers. Joining us now to take that early approach to week number two of this NFL season. It is Shannon, Shannon Somerville joining us here on the morning after, a sports betting host for Line Star, joining us and looking at all that we have for the NFL this upcoming weekend. And Shannon, really in two days on Thursday night. Thank you so much for joining us here. Thanks, Ben. Looking forward to it. Football is back, baby. Doesn't it feel good? Oh, it is fantastic to have football back. Your Georgia Bulldogs now number one in the country, the favorites to win the national championship in college and where you are currently residing in San Diego early for you there. That's where the Chargers used to play their football. But this week, they'll be in Kansas mm -hmm. City on the road as a three and a half point underdog. Shannon, the total for this game is also the largest already for week number mm -hmm. two at 54 and a half. What can we expect from that scoring perspective for Thursday night in Kansas right. City between the Chiefs and the Chargers? I mean, you're looking at two high-powered offenses. I think for the Chargers, a lot hinges on Keenan Allen. Not sure what his availability will be for that one. I was at the mm. Thursday night game, though, last year between the Chargers and the Chiefs, which was absolutely bananas. I don't know if you remember that Thursday night game, but it was wild. These two teams always put on a really good performance. Excited this Thursday night, and Chargers are a team that I've had from the beginning as a team that's a Super Bowl favorite for me, and the Chiefs definitely, I thought they were going to get out to a bit of a slower start. Patrick Mahomes proved me wrong, five touchdowns. <laughs> he didn't get sacked at all in that game, no interceptions there. Remember the last time the Chargers beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead? He threw a lot of picks. There was a lot of turnovers in that, in that game. So I think for the Chargers to be successful in this one, they're going to have to get to him, and they can do it. They got Khalil Mack on their side this time. Khalil Mack in his debut with L.A. against the Raiders on Sunday 
three sacks against his former team. The Chargers had five in total. Five in total. The touchdown passes that Patrick Mahomes threw as well in the Chiefs' week one opener in the desert against Arizona. Shannon, you bring up a great point, though, about the outlook of these two teams. Of course, the Chiefs have been in this spot each of the last four years, winning the division six straight seasons. The Chiefs have the second-best odds to win the AFC, only behind the Bills. The Chargers have the third-best price, only behind the Chiefs and the Bills. What do you think Thursday night will tell us about the Chiefs and mm. the Chargers and their outlook for this season? They'll definitely tell us a lot. It's just going to see – I'm looking forward to see how the Chargers' defense holds up against that Patrick Mahomes offense and what – that defense can bring. They made a lot of changes to it to try to improve it this offseason. The offense of the Chargers, not so concerned about. Justin Herbert looks to be awesome. What I am concerned about in this game is, of course, Keenan Allen, as I alluded to earlier. I think this early in the season, got to be careful of those overreactions and taking a little bit too much from the first couple games. However, I'm still really bullish on the Chargers. I'm not quite sold yet on the Chiefs, being able to run it back. I know that's kind of crazy. Um, and I know you're a Chiefs fan, correct? So might not like hearing that. But I also think it's going to be right. a tough road. You got the Bills there that against the Rams, man, that looks like a Super Bowl team right there. It's going to be hard. And it's going to be, we're going to learn a lot over the next couple of weeks about where teams stand and stack up. Yes, yeah, Shannon, all offseason long, we talked about the optimism for Buffalo in the odds market. They certainly lived up to that hype week number one and how they handled the Rams on the road. Buffalo has such a long break from Thursday night last week until Monday <laughs> night this upcoming in week number two, a nine and a half point favorite for Buffalo at home against the Titans. Again, the odds market loves the Buffalo Bills. You see the Ravens there with the fourth best price to win the AFC at eight to one. Baltimore handling its business on the road as a six and a half point favorite in week number one against the Jets, covering that number rather easily. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens now a tough week two matchup in their home opener, mm -hmm. laying three and a half points against the Dolphins. Shannon, how do you evaluate Baltimore right now with all of the off-season conversation that led us into week one around Lamar Jackson oh, yeah. and his contract talks with the Ravens. Yeah, absolutely. That's kind of been dominating the headlines. Now, in week one against the Jets, I thought the first half they looked pretty lackluster. We did see some incredible plays in the second half from Lamar Jackson where he looked like Lamar Jackson once again. I know he's playing for a contract, so you've got to take that into account. Now, as far as facing the Jets, their offensive line was an absolute mess in that game. I don't know that that was necessarily the best test for the Ravens. However, we'll learn a lot this week. I like the Dolphins in the, because they have a great roster this year, the second best roster on paper behind the Bills in the AFC East. So this is definitely going to be a tough test for Lamar. You saw that offense start to come together. You know, Mike McDaniel, as Tyreek Hill said, he's going to need a wheelbarrow because you know he's going for it on fourth down every time. So I think the Ravens will be tested. I'm not sure the situation on J.K. Dobbins. Is he going to be a factor in this game? Even if he is in the game, which we ought to pay attention to, is he going to be much of a factor coming off of that injury? And, of course, Lamar Jackson always seems to prove doubters wrong, especially now in this contract situation. And both of these teams in Miami and Baltimore saw their odds to make the postseason get even better 
following week number one. The Dolphins now favored to make the playoffs at minus 120. The Ravens minus 215 to earn that postseason berth. So Shannon, you were talking about value in the AFC, saying how much the Chargers present that in your mind. Do you think the Ravens with that fourth best price can be a contender in the AFC this season? I do. I I hesitate because of the health of their team overall, their running back situation. As we saw with Saquon Barkley, remember when he, it took him over a year to get back from ACL uh, surgery, he didn't have the same burst that he did. So with that running back situation, I would definitely pay attention to it. Obviously, every athlete recovers very differently. But will we see the same burst out of those running backs that we did you know, two seasons ago. Not sure with that. I'm still a little bit hesitant on the Ravens right now. And we'll see exactly what the rest of this season has for J.K. Dobbins. There is some high expectations that when he returns, especially for that Ravens offense that loves to run the football, he could be an added component to what Baltimore does. All right, one of the games I'm most intrigued by in the Week 2 slate happens six days from now, part of the Monday night doubleheader in Philadelphia. The Eagles and the Vikings, two teams with tons of optimism following week one as well, Shannon. And it's the Birds as just a one-and-a-half-point home favorite against the Vikings next Monday night. Which of these two ball clubs do you trust more at this moment? Uh, the Vikings, or more specifically, Justin Jefferson. <laughs> it was definitely the <laughs> Justin Jefferson show against the Packers. We really saw that Vikings offense work, work as we kind of expected it to under new head coach Kevin O'Connell. So, I mean, from a fantasy perspective and betting perspective, I wasn't so happy that Justin Jefferson was getting all the love because I had the Adam Thielen over receiving yards in that game. <laughs> but it, it, it does look like Justin Jefferson is an absolute beast, kind of reminiscent of a Cooper Cup. So from an offensive playmaker standpoint, I kind of lean Vikings. However, yeah. Jalen Hurts looks pretty awesome. Although I do worry a little bit, they did almost get beat by the Lions. So I'm leaning Vikings in this one as they seem a little bit more complete right now. But also the Eagles definitely uh, intrigued me a bit as well. Speaking of those Lions, they did make that game competitive late in the second half against the Eagles on Sunday. Philly was up 17 points two different times in the second half. But as Detroit does under Dan Campbell they bite some kneecaps and they come back to make the game close they cover as a five and a half point home underdog Shannon 18 games now in the Dan Campbell tenure in the Motor City they've been booked as an underdog have the Lions in all 18 they are 12 and 6 against the spread but it's new horizons on Sunday for Detroit look at the number the Lions are laying the number they're a one and a half point home favorite against the Commanders on Sunday. Shannon, where were you the last time the Detroit Lions were favored to win a football game? Ooh, I don't know. That must have been Matty Stafford days, right? Had to have been, right? I always follow my Had Georgia Bulldogs, as you know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the What do you Lions make of the, the Lions now being... Yeah, go ahead. Um, Commanders-Lions this game, I feel, is the battle of two kind of shaky quarterbacks. So when I look at this game, I'm looking at who their playmakers are. And you know I got a little Georgia Bulldog bias. So DeAndre Swift, who had an incredible game. I mm -hmm. kind of like the Lions in this one. 
you know I'm a Big Ten guy by trade, so I look at the commanders for those playmakers in their <laughs> wide receiver core. Jahan Dotson, two touchdown grabs in his debut in the National Football League. Part of the reason Jahan Dotson now booked as a co-favorite to win NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year. But the commanders got a win. Week number one, mm-hmm. covering on the road, or covering at home, rather, against Jacksonville. The Giants got a win outright as a five-and-a-half-point underdog on the road in Nashville against the Titans. The Eagles did beat the Lions, although not covering, as a five-and-a-half-point road favorite. The Dallas Cowboys, Shannon, the only team in the NFC East division to suffer a loss week number one, and then suffering much more losses off the field. Dak Prescott sideline now for what we estimate to be six to eight weeks the eagles minus 150 as the favorites to win the nfc east how do you evaluate this wacky division following week number one Ooh, yeah it's been a crazy week one with the injury to Dak prescott things do not look good for the cowboys however they do have micah parsons so you know there's that as well with the giants we kind of saw the return of Saquon Barkley of old, which was great to see. I wouldn't count the Giants out in this one. However, I do like the Eagles now that Jalen Hurts has some weapons on offense. I mean, when he was in his first year as a starter, he was with Jalen Rager and Quez Watkins as his two and three receivers. Now, you know, he's got Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown there. So that offense can definitely be pretty explosive. I like the Eagles in this one. At minus 150, though, I don't know. I might wait for, for a loss and people to overreact a little bit before I bite on those numbers. Yeah, the Eagles entering week one, week number one just a few days back, plus 130 to win the division. It might have been the biggest mm-hmm. win of the week for the Eagles, not necessarily holding on to beat the Lions on the road, but all that happened to the Cowboys to make them now a minus 150 favorite to win the NFC East. And to echo Shannon's point, Jalen Hurts, 243 yards through the air on Sunday against Detroit, also 90 on the ground in a rushing score. The Eagles had four rushing touchdowns, the top rushing offense in the league last year. Shannon Somerville, one of the sports betting hosts for Lions Star, joining us here on the morning after getting us set already, Shannon, for week number two of the National Football League season. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it as always. Thanks, Ben. We will talk again very, very soon. Before we end out the show here on the morning after on this Tuesday, it's time for a best bet. I'll look into the odds, see what's out there. I'm not so sure right now. Come back and join us on TMN. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Closing out our two hours together here, live on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. It's the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM all across the Spiz Grizz Network. That's Sports Grid. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here on this Tuesday on TMA. Week number one of the National Football League regular season is over. Week two, though, on the horizon. On Thursday, A great game in Kansas City between the Chiefs and the Chargers. But a couple of days off from football best bets. We have to find some action around the board to keep us enticed 
throughout these next 48 hours. And we have a while until college football is back as well. No Division I games on Thursday? That's a pity. Anyway, we will focus on Major League Baseball with a little sprinkle in game number two of the WNBA Finals. So before we say farewell, before we say goodbye, is it a doubleheader for a best bet? It is. It is time for Bye Bye Bye. It's also a doubleheader for the Toronto Blue Jays today against the Tampa Bay Rays up in the Great White North. Divisional opponents, both teams will factor into the American League playoff picture. Both teams pretty solidified in their spots in the American League wildcard race. The Blue Jays are favored at home in the opening game of this doubleheader set today. Alec Manoa on the bump, but we look at Bo Bichette. A two-run homer last night to give the Blue Jays the win over the Rays in the home half of the eighth inning. Bo Bichette has 21 RBIs in just 11 games here in the month of September. For Bo Bichette to record his 22nd ribby of this month is plus 155 on the FanDuel Sportsbook. I like that sprinkle for Bo Bichette in this game against the Rays. I also like to sprinkle on Asia Wilson, the WNBA most valuable player, game number two for the Aces tonight against the Connecticut Sun. Las Vegas, a four and a half point favorite, but we look at Asia Wilson's rebounding prop of 10 and a half, a number she has gone over in six of seven playoff games, including 11 in game number one of the finals. The morning after, each and every weekday, live right here on Sports Grid, starting at 9 a.m. Eastern time. I'm Ben Stevens. We'll talk tomorrow.